Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening, right here on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, October 18th, 2014. This show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, that's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. We have another great show lined up for you here tonight. I'm going to be continuing going into the Cosmic Abandonment Extended Presentation. Cosmic Abandonment is a presentation which explores the connection between the interference theory of human origins and the present human condition on Earth. So uh, I'll be going into some uh, researchers that have dealt with the interference theory of human origins tonight. We've done that before on a previous show, but I'm going to actually give some resources for the listening audience uh, to explore uh, regarding some of these researchers. Uh, And then hopefully if there's time, I can get into some fictional allegories that have dealt with the cosmic um, abandonment hypothesis, the ancient alien hypothesis, the uh, interference theory hypothesis, if you will. So that's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I will be taking calls uh, probably toward the second half of the show. The call-in number to join us, I'll give at the top of the hour for those who want to call in if you want to get in the the caller queue. I know sometimes it can be difficult to get through on the air, so I'll give the call-in number at the top of the hour. The call-in number to join us, 800-313-9443. Once again, the call-in number to join us. 800-313-9443. I'm going to start the show with some uh, very sad news. Um, a very good friend and fellow patriot and fellow truth seeker, Popeye from uh, federaljack.com and uh, the radio show Down the Rabbit Hole, has uh, unfortunately lost his life partner, his wife Marcy. And uh, she passed away, I believe, yesterday. And um, our heartfelt condolences go out to Popeye 
uh, a tr very tragic, tragic thing to lose someone you're that close to and at such a young age. So, uh, Popeye, just know that your your true friends are here for you. And uh, if you need anything, please do not hesitate to ask. We're here for you in your time of grief. So, um, with that having been said, uh, move on to um, uh, a couple of quick event announcements. Not really. Uh, too many announcements for tonight's show, but I just want to remind everyone, of course, the Free Your Mind 3 conference is coming up in 2015. They're still planning, the new organizers are still planning on hosting it in April. Uh, I believe the dates were um, April 10th, 11th, and 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me just uh, look on my calendar here. Um, I'm sorry, uh, the, the dates looked like that they were going to be uh, the 8th, 9th, and 10th, uh, so scratch that uh, what I said before. Uh, it's going to be Friday, April 8th, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, um, if the dates that I was told hold uh, true, hold steady. And it is going to be in southeastern Pennsylvania, not right in the city limits of Philadelphia, but just in the suburban area, just outside of Philadelphia. So uh, I'm going to uh, let them make the official announcement of the venue on the website, which is www.freeyourmindconference.com. So Free Your Mind 3 coming up in April, early April of 2015. Uh, already uh, a, a bunch of speakers have been lined up for that. More speakers will be coming in the coming weeks. Uh, tickets will go on sale fairly soon and the uh, official venue will be announced, uh, I, I believe, pretty pretty shortly. So uh, keep that in mind uh, and definitely check out the website freeyourmindconference.com. You could also go to the past conferences and see the type of caliber of speakers that are booked for this conference and watch uh, the videos from the previous uh, two Free Your Mind conferences. So um, with that having been said, uh, there is a donation button on the left hand side of the what on earth is happening.com website uh, if you feel as a listener that you have received value from the information that has been shared and presented on this radio show and my website you could feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that it can continue into the future and that button is on the left hand side of the site uh, on the navigation uh, it's um, right under the podcast link uh, it says donate to what on earth is happening and it's a green button. So with that having been said, I want to direct everyone's attention to the radio show page of my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Just click the radio show tab if you're not already on there. And underneath the player for the show, there are images for tonight's broadcast. And then there are the cosmic abandonment presentation slides broken up into two parts. Um, we're going to be focusing on part number two, and we're going to be starting with um, slide number 139, which is the researchers section of this presentation. And uh, even before we do start that, I may step back a couple of slides and just say a couple of quick things about uh, the last section that I went into, which was the psychological framework for um, understanding um, what is going on in the human condition in the, in the present, and understanding that from a point of view of uh, having the knowledge of the situation that occurred here with humanity in its infancy in our ancient past with these beings that came to the earth and did what they did here and, and left us in the condition that they uh, put us in. So, um, but uh, I just want to say one more thing about the images. Uh, the 
the numbers will not correspond because they're in two sections. So, uh, you know, you could just go through them in order as I tell you to move to the next slide. I'll try to um, basically uh, observe the, the numbers. The best way to do it is to download the zip file of all cosmic abandonment slides. And uh, you can unpack them, on, uh, you know, decompress that zip archive on your own computer. And then you'll have all the slides there in one folder. And you could just open them up with any image viewer as we go. So that's my recommendation is to just download that zip file where it says all cosmic abandonment slides. It's a small zip archive, 48 megabyte archive. So um, let's start at um, the section. Uh, there was many slides before slide number 139 where I talked about order followers, and I gave some images of order followers as basically being psychologically immature people that don't want personal responsibility for themselves. They don't want the personal responsibility to choose for themselves right action over wrong action. And as such, they are what I would consider psychologically immature people. They are psychological and spiritual infants, if you will. They have not grown up. They haven't grown up at a mental level. They haven't grown up at an emotional level. They certainly haven't grown up at a spiritual level and don't really understand natural law. They don't understand what conscience is. They don't understand the true difference between right and wrong, although many of them are convinced that they are the good guys and do understand the difference between right and wrong. They 100% absolutely do not understand the difference between right and wrong behavior because if they did, they wouldn't be order followers. The very nature of being an order follower is a wrong behavior. And people will, you know, vehemently disagree with this and you know the, the debate will go on and on uh, between people who don't understand principles or first things and those who do understand principles and philosophy uh, to understand that the entire mentality of being an order follower is an act of evil in and of itself by its very nature we'll pick up that concept on the other side Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're continuing the Cosmic Abandonment Extended presentation on tonight's show. We've been covering this for many weeks, and we'll continue to cover it for many more. Um, I was uh, basically talking about slides uh, 137 and 138 in this presentation for those who are following along with the slides. Uh, I'm going to go on the last slide that gave an image of order followers and basically start there. And just retouch on this one topic to clarify a very important point. When someone is following orders, it's an immoral act by its nature. Because what you are doing is you are attempting to abdicate a personal responsibility which can never be given away to someone else, no matter how much you claim that you're trying to give it away. This is a essentially a birthright given to you by creation 
by the very nature of being a being that has the capacity for holistic intelligence and the ability to discern, the ability for discernment. So if you say, I'm not going to judge or discern for myself whether this action is actually morally right or wrong, and I'm just going to act when this order is given to me, that in and of itself is a wrong behavior, is a wrong action. I don't care whether you're doing, whether the action yields a right and positive result in the way of not harming anybody. The actual decision to simply follow an order is a wrongdoing by its nature. I, I, I don't know if I could really clarify that any further than that. I, I don't understand how people don't really grasp that entire concept or idea, yet so many people still don't understand it. They, they, they want to debate this and think that somehow you can do good or be good while you're following orders. There has never been an order follower who was a good person ever in the history of humanity, in the history of the universe, and never can be, not ever will be, never can be. The two things are mutually exclusive. They are diametrically opposed to each other. Being a truly good being is antithetically opposed to being an order follower. It cannot, you cannot have those two things existing in tandem or combination simultaneously. It is not possible. Okay, so for people that think there are good soldiers, good cops, no, they can do good things in their life, but ultimately a person is not a good person until they are, are actually judging the difference between right and wrong for themselves and then willfully, consciously, in a state of knowledge, choosing the right behavior over the wrong behavior, consciously and willfully, which is the definition of following conscience of obeying conscience, of exercising conscience. When you're doing that, you're actually in harmony with the objective knowledge of the difference between right and wrong behavior, which is what natural law is all about. Not doing that, meaning following what someone else tells you to do, by definition, is not exercising conscience by the very definition of the action that you are performing and the lack of thinking that is involved in the performance of that action. So people really have to understand this in a deep, deep way to understand there is no such thing as a good order follower. Uh, um, not to belabor this point, but I just want to wrap up this part of the presentation and move on into the researchers. But I just want to tell people this is going to be one of the focal emphasis of my work in the coming months. I'm actually going to put together an entire presentation on the dynamic of order following, more likely than not, if I do not do it before the Free Your Mind 3 conference, my presentation at the Free Your Mind 3 conference will be uh, on the dynamic of order following and how it is the ultimate evil that has ever existed and ever can exist. Okay, so pr more likely than not, this is going to be one of the, the, the it's, it's going to be the crux of my work in coming months. Okay. And it's something that people really have to deeply understand that. And I called these people in, uh, the, these slides, the least mature among us, and yet the most responsible among us for the continuation of the human condition of slavery because of their blind belief in authority and their willingness to obey orders. They are the most morally culpable or morally responsible individuals. Okay. For the, 
keeping humanity in the current condition. Notice I'm not going to say putting us there. These people didn't put us there. You know, we were put in this condition uh, over aeons of time, but these people keep the condition the way that it is. They are the, the paradigm protectors, you might call them, of the violence ideology that currently rules the world. And because they give their mind and their body over, you know, they're an actual cog in the mechanism of that entire evil system. I don't care who that offends. Again, get as offended as you like. You're, You're taking offense to truth matters completely zero. Truth is what is. It's always going to be that way. It's never going to change. And these principles are eternal. Okay? It is eternal that an order follower cannot be a morally good person because they are not actually using the, their ability to morally judge whether an action is right or wrong, by definition, inherently. If you can't see that, there's something broken with your logic. Okay, You're not actually really using your mental faculties and processes properly to weed out logical inconsistencies. Anyone who, who, who thinks that that isn't the case. And again, I'm making an absolute statement here. 100% blanket statement. I don't really care who disagrees. If you, if you disagree with that statement, you're incorrect. Not because I say so or because you disagree with me. Because you don't philosophically, inherently understand the difference between following orders and exercising conscience. By definition. So, so not to again, stay on this topic too long because I want to move on. The last slide that I did on this topic was very harsh rhetoric, you might say. You know, I call these people the house slaves of the world. And, you know, I was saying that unfortunately, a lot of these people are so stupid when it comes to their long view of history or even their short-term view of history that they're not even offended by that term. They don't even understand what you're saying when you say a house slave, which was basically a slave living in, in uh, the, the Civil War era period when black slavery was practiced, particularly in the southern states, where the, um, the plantation owner would basically control the rest of these slaves who didn't want to be slaves and who would often, you know, uh, make efforts to try to free themselves. He would control them by giving a select, small, tiny group of of these slaves um, certain special privileges, like more food, more clothing, more, you know, blankets in the in the cold weather, be allowed to sleep in a shack instead of out in the field under the elements, etc. And for that, those little tiny pittance of favors, uh, the, the uh, master of the plantation would demand that these uh, so-called privileged slaves, which were called the house slaves by the rest of the slaves, would give them special privileges and make them basically keep the other slaves in line, brutally in, in many cases, brutally beating them if they stepped out of line. And this is how these house slaves actually turned violently on their own people and basically went along with the bidding of the masters because they got theirs in their mind. But they were still slaves nonetheless. They were still kept, you know, as pets, as work mules, just like the rest of the slaves. It's just that, you know, they got a little bit um, better treatment by their their animal master, you know. And, uh, you know, they thought that they were actually making out in this deal, when in fact all they were doing was putting even tighter chains on themselves, and this is what the, the military and police forces are of every country, not just America, every country, everywhere on earth, at every single time and place in human history. And 
the same dynamic would apply on all other planets in the entire cosmos wherever there is a life with the ability for the capability of of holistic thinking of holistic intelligence every person who has ever been an order follower anywhere in the cosmos that it's that same exact dynamic they have been the house slaves of that particular culture anywhere in the cosmos and people have to get this through their thick skulls and understand that order following is not a virtue. It is the antithesis of virtue. It is the exact opposite of any kind of virtuous thinking or behavior. Period. So, you know, that, that's all I'm really going to say about this. I'll just repeat my little um, saying that I put in their mouths. Because if the truth be told, this is what these re- people are really saying to the world. Whether they understand it or not, or whether anybody else understands it or not. Just putting it out there on the table openly, regardless of who likes it. The, the order followers of the world are saying to everyone else, we are the house slaves of this world. We would rather enslave our own species, ourselves included, because we're some of the biggest you know, slaves of all, basically agreeing with our own servitude and everybody else's, including our own children. Okay, We'd rather enslave our entire species, including ourselves, rather than grow up become psychologically and spiritually mature, develop real courage, because these people don't have one ounce of real courage. Real courage would be to speak out, to speak the truth, to take the truth into oneself and then communicate it to others, and ultimately to say no. To say no when somebody is telling you to perform any kind of Im- an immoral behavior. That, w- that would take real courage. These people don't have one drop of it. And for the people that quit this job and, and refuse to continue to be a cog in the machine of e- of evil, okay, I have all the respect in the world for them, all right, that's not what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people who continue to follow these orders on a daily basis, who are still in that machine of evil, for whatever reason, I don't care because you're feeding your family, I don't care because you can't imagine yourself doing anything else, because you don't think you have the education to do anything else, it does not matter why you continue to do it. Okay, unless you develop, grow up, develop real courage and think for yourself there, I'd have zero respect for anybody who's still an order follower. You don't deserve any respect. You're not worthy of any respect. Okay, you are the person who is responsible for the continuation of slavery on the earth. The end period deal with it. You don't want to look at in the mirror and accept that that's the truth. You don't want to look at yourself you don't want to look at all the, the dark aspects of your subconscious. What made you behave that way? What made you go into a field like that? What did you think you were going to get on the other side? You know, For whatever justifications or reason you chose to do it, the universe does not care. This is another aspect people have to understand. Natural law are ba- is boundary conditions existing in the universe just like any physical law. The physical laws of creation and dynamics do not care about you. You walk off a cliff, it doesn't make a difference if you didn't understand gravity. It doesn't make a difference if you thought there was a ledge there, but there wasn't one. You're going down anyway, because it's a law that you're bound by. The laws of morality and behavior work the same way. They don't care whether you don't understand them. They don't care why you chose to take the action that you took that was immoral. You're going to reap the consequences for the actions that you perform because you are ultimately responsible for your behavioral choices and you can never abdicate that personal responsibility, ever, for any reason. The end. 
So, you know, I just wanted to wrap up that section with a definitive exclamation point. People still, I, I, I just see, I see people still don't get it, folks. They still don't understand these principles. They still don't understand this dynamic. They're still debating it or arguing it or trying to justify it. They're completely and utterly clowned. Clowned. Okay? And the joke is on you if you don't understand what I've just said. You're playing yourself. You know, because I just see the dynamic that's out there. I see, I hear conversations. I, I see blog posts. I see comments and message boards. You know, and I'm telling you, humanity is still in a deep slumber when it comes to this. In a deep slumber. And you know why it is? It's because we're still not talking to these people. We're still not getting up in their face. We're still not talking about this dynamic openly and unapologetically. Right in people's face with it. No. No, we want to tiptoe around everybody. You know? We want to dance around the subject. We don't want to offend anybody's delicate sensibilities. We don't want to lose a friend by speaking the truth. We don't want to alienate a family member. Well, that's the reason we're in this situation, ladies and gentlemen. It's the reason we're in the situation we're in. Because not enough people are willing to speak the truth to those around them. And that makes them just as cowardly as these house slave order followers. Just as cowardly. See, ultimately that's the, the dynamic that's really going to pull us out of this mess is true courage. And that's 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 what's going to get us out of it. So, let me move on to the researchers that I highly recommend people check out for um, looking into the dynamic uh, or the the, the um, topic, I should say, of the interference theory of human origins. This is one of the most critical pieces of evidence that people have to look into when it comes to what happened to us in the ancient past. The, the dynamic of these beings that came here and essentially created a new species that didn't exist before. Made them as a slave race that didn't want to think, that only wanted to, you know, follow orders, reproduce, eat, sleep, you know, breed, and do what they're told. And some have come out of that condition. They've evolved out of it through hard work. Through the hard work of those who came before them and propagated knowledge. You know, but many people are still in this original condition, you might say. The condition of, quote unquote, the original sin of what these beings did to a species that they had no right to do what they did to at all, which is genetically hybridizing them, then genetically further manipulating them and dumbing them down even more. And we've talked about this on past shows. You know, go back into the archive on the podcast section and look at the uh, cosmic abandonment slides and presentation. Watch my cosmic abandonment video, which I had to do very rushed because I only had two hours to do it. And there's a couple of errors in it, but, you know, the video stands... That, that presentation stands on its own nonetheless because, um, you know, for that small amount of time I had to do it, I have, you know, no problem with the way it ultimately turned out. Um, so this section is called Researchers, and I'm starting here with slide number 139. Um, so 
I want to basically give some resources for people to research this for themselves. That's ultimately what this is all about. So with the cosmic abandonment slides for this um, podcast, and uh, by the way, this will be podcast 172, uh, I have put together a list finally of all the people who I recommend that people research into deeply to start to have a, a handle on this topic. And I've made a little um, uh, 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 three links next to them, basically. Um, Next to each researcher's name or author's name or presenter's name, uh, there is a um, little G link, a little Y link, and an A link. Okay, so the the key is right up above this section, above their names, underneath where it says researchers to explore and I should should take the word into out. Uh, it really just should say researchers to explore when studying interference theory of human origins. And the, there's a key right below that. The G link for each researcher uh, will take you to a Google search of that researcher. So you don't even have to type their name or copy their name into a search engine. You just click that link and you'll be uh, presented with a whole bunch of uh, you know, search results regarding that individual. If you click the Y, it will do a YouTube search on their name. And again, you may get uh, different results. Uh, you know, certain people will have more, you know, videos available. Certain people might not have, might not have any videos available, but it's, uh, there nonetheless as a resource to, you know, just, uh, you know, if you want to research a particular person's work, you click on that, it'll do a YouTube search on it. If there's any videos related to their work. Then uh, if you click the A, that will take you to an Amazon.com search. You know, there's other bookstores and whatnot and uh, places to obtain hard copies of materials, but Amazon is a pretty well-known one. It's, uh, you know, deals with a lot of merchants all over the world, so you can click that. If you wanted to do it, maybe an eBay search, look for different prices or whatever. Whatever shopping outlet you like, you can go and search on places that accept Bitcoin if you use that. Uh, it's up to you, you know, but I just provided one... Um, uh, uh, link where you could find materials to buy from these researchers. And so I went with Amazon because it's probably the easiest and the most famili- familiar for people. So if you click the A, that will take you to an Amazon search for that individual researcher and you could see what uh, materials uh, are available by them in the form of books or DVDs or things like that. So um With that having been said, let's jump into this section. I'll move on to slide number 140 and uh, talk a little bit about some of these researchers. The first uh, I want to mention is, and I'll I'll mention probably all of them in this list that I compiled, but I want to really focus on some of who I would consider the heavyweights or the really important people to study. The other thing I want to say, and I always do whenever I talk about other people's work, because if you don't give this caveat, you have a million people knocking down your door saying, how could you you get behind this person? and he said this, do you agree with that? I don't agree with everything that any of these people have said or write about. I think their research is valuable. I think you need to look into it to put a bigger picture together. You come to the truth by doing eclectic research. That means gathering all your grammar from various sources of information. You gather all the seemingly disparate pieces of information, you bring them together, and then you start filtering it, and you work through it, and you say, look at these commonalities. Look at this person. 
you know, doing this research? How did he do this? What was the process he used to look into that? You know, here's his conclusions. What are these pre people's conclusions? Does it make sense when it fits together? Does it explain what's going on now in a more clear way, in a way that makes sense? You know, you could ask so many questions regarding these people's work. It doesn't mean I agree with everything any particular one of them says. I think their work is valuable and is worth looking into. Okay, so Eric Von Doniken is the first. This is slide 140. He's written a slew of books, uh, made tons of documentaries. Chariots of the Gods, of course, is his most well-known work. Um, you know, uh, he also wrote a book called Gods from Outer Space, which I definitely recommend to people. Uh, it's one that I think people would really get a lot out of. Some of these books are still in print. Some you can find, again, on Amazon or eBay or something like that. You know, some of them may have fallen out of print and may be a little bit more difficult or expensive to find. And many of them you can also find online. You could actually download them in either PDF format, portable document format, or uh, electronic book format, EPUB format, electronic publication. So, um, you know, you could do uh, torrent searches if you want to try to find these people's work. You could, uh, in many cases, you could... Um, as is the case with many of these researchers' work, uh, you could uh, you know, uh, request my ARC drive, my amazing repository of knowledge hard drive, which many, many people have requested from me. It's uh, actually really uh, has gone very well, the distribution of the research that I've compiled over the years online. Um, I've probably already given out over 150 of these drives. Um, you know, it's a real simple process. You just email me from the contact page and you know, say you want the ARC. I mean, it's right there on the contact page of the website, you know, and uh, uh, many people have taken me up on this offer and it's wor worked out pretty good. I send a list of very clear, detailed instructions, which people do have to follow if they want to receive uh, that offer, uh, you know, without any problems. But uh, most people follow it to the letter and, you know, they, they, they get the uh, research and it's a lifetime of research. Look, just this little tiny research list that I am providing here with this podcast today will keep you busy for multiple lifetimes. You will not be able to go through all of these people's material if you lived probably 10 lifetimes, okay? That's how voluminous and proliferous their work is, all right? So um, this is stuff that, you know, you have to take it a little at a time, you know, let synchronicity carry you. People always say to me also, you know, where do I start? Start where you're interested in. Start, you know, find somebody that you already resonate with some of their work. Their work will take you to other people's work. You will be where you need to, you will go where you need to be, okay? The universe has a way of working things out like that when you're seeking the light, when you're looking for knowledge, when you're looking for truth. Synchronicities pop up left and right constantly, almost on a, on a minute to minute basis, you know, that's how it was during my rapid awakening process, you know, when I really kicked into high gear. Of course, my uh, initial awakening stage was very slow and I had to come out and decondition myself from, you know, satanic thought from the, you know, uh, dark occultism that I was involved in in my, in my youth. But uh, after that, when I really started seeking the light and seeking truth, the process really accelerated. And that's how it will work for most people. So ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll pick this up on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. We don't need no education. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. I want to apologize. I think I uh, spoke right through the last network break uh, because uh, there was a slight technical problem on the network end, and I did not hear the break coming through my headphones in uh, my studio here. So uh, no worries. Uh, You can uh, still hear that. uh, content when I put my podcast up on my website because uh, I r- actually record everything here on this end. That's what I edit my podcast from. So um, for those who missed out on a little bit by listening over uh, the network, um, you could just check that out on the podcast page. Uh, nothing was lost. But I do apologize for that. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll reel in the slight technical issues. But um, let's... Uh, continue on with the presentation uh, and these researchers' names. Uh, Again, I was saying that uh, you have to put together all of these seemingly disparate pieces of information, and then you see the full puzzle picture. A lot of people aren't willing to do that work. You know, they don't want to do the reading. They don't want to do the homework. You know, they don't want to take that time and that effort. So, you know, they'll say, oh, he said something that I don't like, and I'm done listening to him. You know, that's unfortunately how most people's broken reasoning works. You know, they won't actually sit and listen to something that they potentially disagree with. See, again, this whole dynamic of the mark of real, true intelligence is being able to consider a notion or consider a piece of information without at first accepting it or rejecting it. And you would be surprised how many people cannot or are unwilling to do that. I've actually asked someone to their face... Are you the kind of person who is capable, just ask this question to an individual that I saw out uh, on the street at some kind of a rally, Uh, I think it was a rally to try to get um, marijuana decriminalized here in Philadelphia, and I was asking one of the people who attended the rally, I was talking about consciousness and how, you know, it's never brought up that you own your own consciousness, you... Uh, own your own body and somebody telling you that you may not put something into your body is a claim of ownership on that body and consciousness and therefore it's slavery. And I said, no one ever makes the right to use whatever drug you want to use an issue of slavery. And the person was so offended, like got so, you know, flummoxed and offended by this, you know, which is, it's really the real issue that goes on with any, uh, you know, concept of prohibition. And this person was so didn't understand the principle of self-ownership behind it that they were like, look, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to hear anything else that you have to say. This is how unconscious and unready to hear truth this particular individual was. And I said, just listen, what do you need to take that kind of a all or nothing approach for? I said, there's no possibility of interchange or interaction for information with you, clearly. I said, I said, just answer me this one question and, I'll, I'll, and then I'll leave you alone. Are you the kind of person that is capable of listening to information or reading information or watching information 
and reserving judgment about what you've just seen, heard, or watched, okay? Read, heard, or watched. Um, and just putting the idea somewhere in your thought processes of your mind, but not actually immediately accepting it as being true or rejecting it as being completely false. And the person said, to be honest, no, I am not capable of doing that. When I hear, see, or read something, almost immediately I make a judgment decision about it. And it either fits into what I already think, in which case I think it's true, or it... I reject it because, you know, it completely conflicts with the way I already think. They actually said that to me. And I said, goodbye, there is no help for you. I said, there is nothing I can show you. There is nothing I can teach you. There is nothing I can do for you. I cannot assist you in any way. That's called the 100% calcified ego. That's what the ego is, ladies and gentlemen. That's one of the things that the ego is. The, the, the deep, calcified ego attachment. That's what it is right there. It's no better way could I describe it to people. And this is what you see when it comes to this topic. People don't want to do the research. They don't want to listen to someone else and just put it in their mind. And then you could sort it out after. You don't have to accept everything Eric Von Donneken says. You don't have to accept everything Lloyd Pye or William Bramley or Zechariah Sitchin say. But you can take it in and you could keep it in your mind and say, hey, how does this fit into the bigger picture? Is there something to be learned from this? Is there anything of value here that I could explore, that I could learn from? No, most people are unwilling to do that. They already have their belief system and, and information be damned. You know, that's where most people's head is at. So the next researcher on slide 141, I want to call to people's attention is Zachariah Sitchin. Zachariah Sitchin is, has put out some of the most proliferous amounts of work when it comes to the uh, ancient aliens slash interference theory a hypothesis out of any other researcher. And he's often, along with Eric Von Donneken, considered kind of like, you know, the grandfather of, of this field of research. And, you know, there is just so much uh, in the way of books that he's written. And his books are like, they read like textbooks. You know, he's um, put out the whole um, Earth Chronicle series, starting with the famous 12th Planet book, which I highly recommend. Um, other books in that series were Stairway to Heaven, Wars of Gods and Men, which I actually amazingly just found in a a trash pile in in outside of a thrift store. The Wars of God and Men was sitting in the trash for stuff to give away for free. You know, this is the kind of stuff I come across when I'm walking the streets of Philadelphia. You know, I'm I, I magically am there at the right moment. It's a a book I have digitally, but I didn't have a, a hard you know printed copy of it. So, of course, I took, I took it. Um, you know, I found another book in, by Sitchin in like a bargain basement section of a thrift store, The End of Days. That was his most recent one. You know, other books in the Earth Chronicles were The Lost Realms, When, when Time Began was book five, book six was The Cosmic Code, and then End of Days was the last one in that series. I believe he wrote that uh, shortly before he passed a few years ago. Uh, there's also Divine en Encounters, Genesis Revisited, Journeys to the Mythical Past, um, 
there were giants upon the earth, and then of course the lost book of Enki, which is just an amazing, um, you know, uh, recounting of the ancient story that uh, happened between the quote unquote gods, uh, these non human entities that came to the earth in the ancient past and the early human beings who they basically uh, were ruling over like gods, uh, you know, as the authority figures and the kings on the earth back in the ancient past. So uh, highly recommended is Sitchin's work. He also appears in a lot of documentaries on this topic. Um, Let's move on to the next researcher, Lloyd Pye. Lloyd Pye, of course, famous for the Star Child Skull Exploration, which he's done a lot of great work with in DNA uh, analysis on, and um, uh, his books, um, Everything You Know Is Wrong and Alien Origins. Uh, that's really the main crux of Pi's work is uh, human origins and uh, hominids and um, how you know human beings are not evolved from our hominid ancestors, um, but are a result of uh, genetic manipulation. I think Pi's work is some of the best in this regard, and I really highly recommend everybody checking him out. You could uh, go to his website. You could, uh, you know, download some of his uh, videos on YouTube. Just brilliant, brilliant stuff. And uh, uh, unfortunately, he passed back in 2012, the week that I did this uh, original presentation of Cosmic Abandonment here in Philadelphia. Slide 143, William Bramley, most famous for writing the book, The Gods of Eden, which is a, a book about, again, the early... Uh, human um, uh, experience with the gods still living, the quote-unquote gods still living on the earth with us. Um, Bramley takes kind of a little bit of a different approach, um, and you know I think he somewhat sees it as they were trying to uplift us and you know make us. Uh, they were you know our they were our creators, our um, you know gods, quote-unquote, and some of them were there to try to bring humanity out of its, uh, you know, early mental state of, you know, barbarism and degeneration, which, uh, of course, they put us in, you know. He kind of doesn't really, you know, get too much of a down uh, attitude toward these beings. Uh, Certainly I do. Uh, You know, I don't see these beings as moral or ethical in any way. I've said that time and time again. So uh, we'll pick this up on the other side, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run. Try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into the second hour of the show, and we are uh, continuing with the extended cosmic abandonment presentation, as we have for many weeks here on the show. I'm going to get right back to the slides. We were on slide number 143. I was uh, talking about William Bramley's take on uh, the, the quote gods of the ancient past, the Anunnaki, the Nephilim, etc. Um, he kind of lets them off the hook a little bit easy for my tastes. I really look at everything they did here as very immor- Im- immoral. And, you know, some of them tried to clean up the mess afterward. But, you know, some of them didn't want to do it. 
uh, didn't want to do what they went ahead and did, uh, but they did it anyway, you know, so it's kind of like they say, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, you know, we don't understand morality just like our parents didn't understand it, so very unfortunate, but true. So let's move on to slide 144. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit because I really want to get to some callers uh, who are holding and uh, take some more calls uh, throughout the show. So let's um, uh, move on to slide 144. Michael Tallinger. His book, Slave Species of the Gods, is perhaps the single most important book that has ever been written on this entire phenomenon, on, on this area of research, etc. Okay. People have to read this book. That's all I'm going to say about this guy. This book is required reading. If you don't already have it, get it. If you haven't already read it, read it, read it. Okay? Uh, He's also done a lot of good work with um, the concept of Ubuntu. He has a book out called Contributionism, a blueprint for human prosperity, which is also an excellent book. Michael's um, take on... Uh, ending money, I certainly agree with. Some of his methodologies I don't particularly agree with. Um, I don't think he has a firm enough handle on the concept of ownership, which is what all rights are based upon. And many people who are, you know, I'm not saying this about Michael in particular, I'm just saying many people in general out in the world who are very right-brained don't have a concept of uh, the true concept of ownership. They don't have that understood. And they want to try to say that there's no such thing as ownership. You know, it's like, you know, if you're not, if you're too left-brained, you think there's such a thing as authority. If you're too right-brained, you think there's no such thing as ownership. Well, these two things go hand in hand together because if you don't claim ownership of yourself, ladies and gentlemen, authoritarians who believe in authority come over and claim it for you very readily. You know, and if people still don't understand the concept of self-ownership, I mean, you know, God help us. Uh, What can you say? I mean, what else needs to be said that hasn't already been said? Now, that's the way I think of things nowadays. It's like, really? People are still this deep in unconsciousness? And this long, all these people have been talking about these things. All this information's out there, and still, people haven't even begun or have gone so far off track in one form of imbalance or the other, they continue to believe in authority, or they actually have worked themselves into an imbalanced state to believe that the whole concept of ownership is completely and utterly uh, uh, illegitimate, needs to be thrown out the door. You know, So nothing can actually be owned, including my, my body, my consciousness, while I'm inhabiting this body in this physical vehicle. Somebody would say, I don't own this, because they want to take things to the right brain extreme of, well, uh, it's not eternal. Well, nothing has to be eternal for you to own something. My computer isn't eternal, but I own it. It's my property. You know, my body's not eternal either, but I own it. It's my property while, I'm inhab- while my consciousness is inhabiting it. Some people are just never going to understand it. They're never going to understand. They're off in a in a spiritual daze. You know, they don't they don't get it because their brain is burnt. Their brains all burnt up from whatever drugs they've done, from you know whatever endless meditations they've sat doing. You know, it, it's 
you know, the whole spiritualism movement has just gone so awry. It's made these super right brain individuals. And please, I'm not referring to Michael Tellinger here. I'm talking about people in general who are very right brain imbalanced. I think Michael Tellinger is very well uh, thought individual. I just think he needs to firm up his understanding of ownership and that, you know, there are certain physical items that are more important than other physical items. It's kind of like a you know, a point of contention that I have with some of his work, which, like I said, I don't agree with everything everybody says or teaches or talks about. Um, But one thing I will tell you is that slave species of the gods will give you a very firm understanding of the events that happened here in the ancient past. The subtitle of the book is The Secret History of the Anunnaki and Their Mission on Earth. I highly recommend the book. I think anybody who's studying this topic needs to get that book and read it. Next researcher, slide 145, David Icke. Not enough can be said about David Icke. Again, most people have not looked at any of his real information because they will not sit and read his books in their entirety. That's where his information is laid out in their tapestry. That's what he is. He's an author of books. He doesn't do podcasts like I do. Um, You know, he does, uh, you know, very... um, uh, large presentations, similar to my all-day seminars, um, but his main area of focus is writing. That's what he does. This is what I m- more than not loathe to do. I'm not, by my nature, someone who really likes to write words, but I, when I do write, I can write well, uh, and, you know, again, I'm w- working with an editor to get um, a book out by sometime next year, but uh, David's work is in his books. And uh, for people who really want to look at the information that he has assembled and put together and aggregated, you need to read his books in their entirety. And they're long, big books that read like textbooks. Again, this is not information that is put out there to entertain people. So you have fun with it. It's not, they're not picture books. They're not, it's not like, you know, you're going to jam out to some rock music. It requires focus and intent and dedication and time and energy and effort. You know, nobody wants to put those things into that. We want just self-gratification. You know, so when you tell people you're going to need to read to understand this for a long time. Like I said, I I shut myself in, basically in my room, you know, in my house for for practically the better part of a decade. Mark, why are you so antisocial? Mark, why don't you interact with people? Mark, why don't you talk to family members? Because I'm sitting here learning about what's really going on on this slavery planet. That's why. That's what that time was used to do, to awaken myself. You know, that's not easy work. That means repeating over and over again, I was wrong about this, I was wrong about that, I was wrong about this, I was wrong about that. And then taking in the the correct information and understanding how it all fits together in a tapestry that makes sense of of the crazy insane asylum in which we live. And I think here's a guy who has done brilliant work when it comes to decoding that entire matrix of information. The book I highly recommend is Children of the Matrix, particularly on the interference theory hypothesis. Uh, His other books are also equally as brilliant, uh, and The Truth Shall shall Set You Free. If people have the patience to go through it, it's a great book for waking up people who are beginning on their journey, uh, you know, for just some of the 3D worldly aspects of the the whole, uh, you know, conspiratorial aspects of things that are going on uh, in this world. Um... If people would simply take the time and just read that book, so many things would be answered. 
Um, he wrote Alice in Wonderland and the World Trade Center disaster. He wrote uh, uh, The Guide to the Global Conspiracy, Human Race, Get Off Your Knees, Infinite Love is the Only Truth, Everything Else is Illusion, The Biggest Secret, The Robot's Rebellion, Tales from the Time Loop. Um, yeah, you can go on and on, and others. So uh, his work is, again, huge. And it, his books are big, and they're very well sourced and, and referenced. You could you could research in one of his chapters, you know, probably for a lifetime with just the end notes to the chapter, and go and read the other books that he cites. It's just uh, amazing work. And again, I've talked about his courage before. Um, if anybody, ha- if if the world had one tenth of this guy's courage, we'd be free already. You know, uh, this guy is not afraid to speak his mind and come forward and say what he thinks, regardless of what anybody else thinks about what he's saying. So uh, I personally have a tremendous amount of respect for him and uh, we'll continue with some more researchers and their work on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to continue to move through some of the researchers that I think people should be aware of and check out their work. The next person is Credo Mutwa. Uh, David Icke has done a lot of work with him, particularly in his series, The Reptilian Agenda. Uh, he's an African uh, Senuzi shaman from the Zulu uh, tribe in Western Africa, and uh, he's a library of information, um, one of the, his people's, uh, you know, keepers of knowledge uh, to tell people about the uh, origins of humanity and the events that took place in our ancient past. I uh, highly recommend his work. He also has uh, a book, um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure you'll come across it in the links that I have provided. The next researcher on slide number 147 is Michael Tessarion, who I have an absolutely tremendous amount of respect for and consider him a mentor uh, to myself and my work. And uh, his Origins and Oracles series must be viewed, period. I mean, it's just absolutely 100% required viewing for anybody that is trying to decode what is going on in this world, period. And the work is just, it's an, an enormous in scope, and he presents it brilliantly and in a scholarly fashion. Um, you could actually watch that all on YouTube if you just type in Origins and Oracles. It's out there, you know, or you could find it on a torrent site. Um, he's also done a lot of work on the Irish origins and influence of early civilization, and he's put out a great documentary called Architects of Control. Um can't recommend Michael Tessarion enough. Uh, also, his recent work with the Major Arcana of the Tarot is brilliant as, as well. So do check out his website as well, and uh, check out his work on YouTube, and uh, you know pick up some of his books. Um, Graham Hancock is the next researcher on slide 148, famous for Fingerprints of the Gods, famous for his uh, series called uh, The Lost Civilization, uh, the video series. I highly recommend people watch that one. Um, doesn't get into ancient astronaut or uh, cosmic abandonment uh, slash interference theory that much, but his work on you know uh, the ancient world is 
absolutely worth checking out and his work that you know there were ancient civilizations here in the distant past and you know the progression of technology and civilization has not been linear uh his work really demonstrates that uh beautifully slide 149 michael cremo famous for the tome forbidden archaeology which presents many 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 cases of suppressed uh, archaeological evidence uh, that is basically thrown in basements of anthropological and archaeological museums and universities never to be seen because it doesn't fit into the existing paradigm that the entrenched researchers so-called want to tell people about the linear origins of humanity the linear progression of civilization and humanity um, and the whole darwinian macrobiological uh, evolutionary theory quote-unquote evolutionary theory Cremo uh, demonstrates that, you know, not only is uh, technology and civilization much older than we think, but, you know, it goes into uh, advanced technologies of the ancient world, uh, evidence for that. It's just a, a book that people really just have to look into and see how much suppressed evidence that there is to support alternative uh, theories and hypotheses for human origins and uh, the the events that took place here in our ancient past that shaped and, you know, um, formed, forged civilization as we know it today, so-called civilization. Um, the next researcher on slide 150 is L.A. Marzulli. I think uh, this gentleman has done great work when it comes to um, looking at uh, ancient architecture, um, evidence for these beings' existence, uh, these quote-unquote gods, Anunnaki slash Nephilim gods of the ancient world. Uh, he's done a series called Watchers, a video series. It's like a video magazine series. Just incredibly well put together uh, where he inter interviews a lot of researchers. He goes uh, to different countries and looks at different evidence. Um, great work uh, in tandem with Brian Forster, who I'm also going to recommend later. Um, and he's got a few books out as well. So I really recommend his uh, work. He takes a little bit of a, uh, you know, traditional Christian perspective that these beings are, in fact, fallen angels. I tend to disagree with that conclusion, but nonetheless, I think his work is very well put together and very much uh, uh, worthy of people's time and consideration. Uh, the slide 151 deals with David Hatcher Childress and his work. Um, his focus has been on the uh, ancient technology that these beings used when they were here and, you know, the science behind them. He's also done some work into the beings themselves with uh, looking at the whole skull, elongated skull um, evidence and how this was not just cranial deformation done, you know, with uh, binding, um, but in many cases that which you know the the cultures that did do that were mimicking the gods their quote gods the beings that were here and acting as gods over us uh, because they had essentially created us so uh childress's work is very good he's also a uh in many different documentaries that deal with ufos and uh the ancient uh, aliens hypothesis Slide 152, Trey Smith. His main work has been um, looking at the Nephilim and uh, the stories of them in the ancient past. 
uh, great um, uh, long DVD uh, series called The Nephilim, The Truth. He's also done another pretty good series called Noah. Um, I definitely recommend checking out his stuff. Again, a little bit more of that Christian perspective, uh, that traditional Christian perspective. But again, I'm not going to hold that completely against somebody, regardless of what religious tradition they want to view this in from a filter through. That's their filter that they're processing it through. I could still listen to the information and take what is valuable to me from it without having to accept their conclusion regarding what these beings are, what it means in the spiritual uh, aspect, you know. So they could have their look at what this means spiritually, and I could have my look at what it means spiritually. It doesn't mean that I think that all their data needs to be thrown out. You know, I, I don't look at this from that type of a traditional Christian perspective. But uh, nonetheless, uh, many researchers who do study this have come from it from that biblical perspective. And I don't have that much of a problem with that. Um, again, I don't have to agree with their conclusion, but uh, I can look at all the evidence that they've aggregated and that um, can basically be put into the huge pool of resources and evidence to draw from and help understand the dynamic better. Giorgio Sukalos is on slide number 153, of course, very famous for his Ancient Aliens series, uh, which I definitely think is really worth watching. Um, the earlier ones, I think, are some of the more densely information-packed and then, you know, as they are more pressed to come up with some original information, some of the later ones may stretch a bit and, you know, uh, put forward some deeper conjecture than I, I would prefer. But uh, nonetheless, the uh, Ancient Alien series, particularly the early ones, are is, is excellent viewing, and I, I definitely recommend people watch those. Um, the next researcher on slide number 154, Emmanuel Velikovsky, of course, uh, famous for his Worlds in Collision book about the formation of the early solar system and how uh, bodies, uh, heavenly bodies collided and, you know, uh, released tremendous amounts of energy into our solar system. He was ridiculed endlessly for this whole hypothesis. And, you know, in more modern times, uh, he's been kind of vindicated and a lot of, uh, you know, cosmological evidence has proved him correct. So a uh, couple more researchers I want to talk about on the other side, and then uh, hopefully we can get to your calls in a couple of segments. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're continuing with the extended cosmic abandonment presentation, talking about researchers and their work in this field. We're moving on to slide number 155. If you're following along with the slides, this is uh, Robert Schock. Um, Schock basically talks about um, how the Sphinx has weathering patterns that are not consistent with air 
or wind, but water. It's one of his main focuses of his work, which basically uh, makes its antiquity much older than what traditional Egyptologists have talking about have talked about. So uh, he has a book out called Forgotten Civilization, and um, basically uh, again gets into how our you know worldview and our paradigm of what human culture and civilization has been like uh, you know is not the linear progression that we think that it is and uh, many events in the past have basically uh, rapidly changed um, you know what what is the events that have occurred on this planet his book is about uh, you know the the sun and its uh, you know sunspots uh, and uh, solar flares that have affected things here on the earth um, again, another theme in this whole field is cataclysms and research into um, earth changes. That that fits hand in hand with the story of the beings that came here in the ancient past and affected us. In many cases, they use these cataclysms to take advantage of you know their whole view of themselves as our gods, and also uh, in some cases there is evidence to speculate or support the possibility that these beings caused cataclysms, that they actually had technology that was so advanced that it could actually cause cataclysmic events on a planetary scale. So um, moving on, the next slide is uh, slide 156. D.S. Allen and J.B. Dallaire, uh, together these two scientists wrote a book on um, essentially uh, cataclysms that have happened in the Earth's past. And they focus on the last major cataclysm that happened over 10,000 years ago here on Earth. Again, this is a, a very uh, uh, consistent stream of data that comes in through a lot of other researchers, including people like Shock, uh, uh, Velikovsky, um, Graham Hancock, Michael Cremo, and others. So um, this book is uh, another huge tome, but it's got a lot of really important information in it regarding how, uh, you know, certain cataclysms may have happened in the ancient past on the earth. So another highly recommended book, and they really do a very scholarly job with that book. Um, Some researchers that I did not put in the slideshow, um, because again, I had very limited time. I just wanted to point to people some of the, um, what I would consider the most important information to look at, but nonetheless, there's so many other researchers out there in this field that it's way bigger than most people think. I just want to mention some other people's names and briefly um, mention some of the things that they have done. You want to look into William Cooper, of course. His book, Beyond a Pale Horse, lays out a lot of information about uh, humanity's involvement with some of these beings. Jordan Maxwell has talked about Um, interference with humanity in his presentations. Uh, Again, a brilliant researcher, very courageous individual too. Brian Forrester has done some of the best work with the elongated skulls uh, evidence, and uh, he's also done a lot of great work with uh, Nephilim architecture. Uh, His work is highlighted in L.A. Marzulli's Watchers, Watchers video series, I definitely recommend all seven of the Watchers videos. I think he's coming out with an eighth, with an eighth one very soon too. So Brian Forrester, um, 
also has a good YouTube channel. I'm sure if you click the YouTube link, you'll come across that in the links that I've provided. Richard Hoagland, I think, has a lot of great information on ancient civilizations on other planets in our solar system, namely Mars. Um, somebody I've been following his work for, you know, 20 years. Just um, absolutely great stuff. Uh, again, I wouldn't say I agree with everything that he thinks or you know, I, I would say he needs to go further in some of his understanding and areas of research, particularly when it comes to government and authority. But um, in general, I, I like his work, and I think that he is a person who's trying to get at the truth of what happened here in our very ancient past. Um, Richard Mooney wrote the book called Gods of Air and Darkness, which is another um, great book, old not very difficult to find in print anymore, but um, deals with a lot of ancient technology and hypothesis about beings that may have come here in the ancient past. Also gets into a little bit about the possibility of the moon being a uh, non-natural object uh, that possibly may have been uh, artificially created. Uh, similar to some of the things David Icke talks about when he talks about the moon and his newer material. Rob Skiba, or Skiba, I'm still not really sure about the pronunciation, I think it's Skiba. He has some great videos on the Nephilim on YouTube. I definitely recommend people check those out. Again, kind of a traditionalist, a Christian perspective, but again, I don't have to agree with his conclusions to look at his data. Jay Widener, uh, done a lot of work on um, alchemy and uh, the, the Great Cross of Hende. He wrote that book with Vincent Bridges. I definitely recommend that. But he also gets into the archons and, and what they may be. And this kind of overlaps and fits in with the uh, uh, interference theory um, uh, hypothesis as well. Paul LaViolette, another uh, scientist who has done a lot of research when it comes to cataclysmic events and what may cause them. He talks about Seifert galaxy explosions in his book, Earth Under Fire, uh, that may uh, send out gravity waves from the center of uh, galaxies and affect planets in you know the outer recesses of the galaxy. Definitely a book worth checking out. Uh, Connor McDarry, again, this is a researcher, uh, Michael Tassarion often points to in some of his work. He's done some uh, work with, um, you know, humanity in the Eden time period, you know, the whole Garden of Eden story. Ignatius Donnelly has done a lot of brilliant work regarding Atlantis and lost ancient civilizations. His work is actually uh, very, very scholarly put together and uh, worth checking out. John Anthony West uh, does a lot of work with the ancient Comitian or Egyptian civilization and, uh, you know, their whole belief system and spirituality. Definitely um, a gentleman I highly respect and recommend people looking into. Mark Pinkham, he wrote the book called The Return of the Serpents of Wisdom, which deals with this topic. Steve Quayle, he's done a lot of research and work with uh, the Nephilim and giants, etc. Tom Thomas Horn, Again, a lot of work with Nephilim. Both Quail and Horn take, again, a, a Christian perspective when it comes to it. Will Hart, um, he's a lesser-known researcher. He wrote the book called The Genesis Race, Our Extraterrestrial DNA and the True Origins of the Species. A great book, which I definitely recommend people checking out. Um, Rick Smith, uh, also known as the UFO Teacher, he's done a lot of great work on this topic. He's also put uh, together a lot of work about the um, 
Moorish legacy and the, its suppression by the entrenched powers that should not be. I definitely recommend Rick Smith's work. Uh, I was recommending him for the Free Your Mind 3 conference. I'm not sure if the new organizers are going to uh, look into his work and take him on board, but uh, I'd like to see him speak there. Um, w. Raymond Drake has um, uh, also put out, uh, I, I believe, several books on, on this topic. Um, let me see if I could find the, the one that I was recommending for people. Uh, it's called Gods and Spacemen in the Ancient East. Uh, goes into, you know, uh, the the Vedic gods and, you know, the, their ancient technology that they used and how these were basically recountings of beings that came here from another place. So, uh, yeah, Drake's work is definitely worth looking into. There's... Andrew Tomas, I believe I'm saying that right, he wrote a book called We Are Not the First about a lot of, um, you know, proof of uh, ancient technologies and beings that had come here, um, uh, lost science and and technology, P- pretty good work. Let's see, Robert Charo, if I'm saying that properly, he's uh, it's obviously a French name or a French-Canadian name. He wrote uh, the book called Forgotten Worlds. I believe he also wrote the book called The uh, Book of the Masters of the Earth. But uh, Forgotten Worlds is, again, postulates, um, you know, scientific and technological uh, advancements of beings from the ancient past. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, there's some other researchers that, you know, people could look into their work as well. Silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to try to go to the phones in this segment. I'm going to just wrap up this uh, section on researchers briefly. But uh, let me give the call-in number to join us here live on the air. 800-313-9443. Again, the call-in number to join us on What on Earth is Happening. 800 800- 313-9443. That's a toll-free number, and there's no taboo topics here on the show. There never is. We're talking about the interference theory of human origins, but I won't limit the discussion to that. You could basically ask anything you want, comment about anything you want that I've talked about or covered so far, or anything else you want to bring up. So um, that's the toll-free number to join us, and let me go back to wrap up these uh, these last couple of names that I wanted to put out there. Um I was talking about uh, uh, Andrew Thomas and Robert Charreau. Let's let's move to uh, uh, R.L. Dion. He put out something called "God Drives a Flying Saucer," which had which had a very interesting uh, kind of biblical take on the whole phenomenon. Uh, again, kind of a, a alternative Christian perspective, you might say. 
but uh, I think still worth checking out for some of the information he puts out in the in in that book. Josh Reeves is one of the few uh, freedom oriented hosts uh, and researchers that uh, has really uh, talked about this topic on air a lot, uh, at least from a uh, open minded perspective uh, that has gone into this uh, topic in depth uh, a little bit. So. I definitely uh, recommend checking out some of the things he's talked about regarding this. Alan Landsberg uh, was the individual who uh, put out the uh, series, the television series, In Search Of. And he also, I believe, uh, wrote some books on the topic, if I'm I'm not mistaken. But uh, the In Search Of series really uh, went into a lot of alternative um, uh, explanations about different things in the world and you know, mysteries of the past and hidden technologies, occulted technologies, etc. So it was a very well put together series. I believe it was done back in the early 80s, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been in the in the late 70s. I think it was in the late 70s. Um, but he also wrote a book called In Search of Ancient Mysteries, and it uh, definitely deals with a lot of these topics as well and is uh, a, a decent read. So they're all the researchers I want to talk about. I'm sure people will have many others and uh, can point out, you know, names that I've missed. Uh, But this is just intended to be an introductory list to get people interested in the topic and looking at it with an open-minded perspective and understanding there's a lot of different perspectives that people come at this from and there is a whole lot of data to be looked at. But uh, that's what finding the truth is. Is all about. That's what truth discovery is all about. It's about gathering the information from a wide, eclectic variety of sources and looking at it all without prejudging it and then performing a filtration process upon it to be able to get the big picture about what is really going on. So if you do that, you know, then I think you'll understand the bigger picture and the big pattern that uh, the powers that should not be in this world don't want us to see or understand. So I think if we do that, we'll be one step closer to really um, understanding ourselves. That's what this is all about. This, See, people will say, well, why do we need to know about all this stuff that happened? Isn't that ancient history? Isn't that all in the past? Yes, but no. It, I'm not saying dwell on this. I'm not saying let this be you know, the be-all and end-all of your life. I'm saying, but if you don't understand the past, you don't have an accurate framework for understanding how we got to where we're at today. That's why this is so important to understand. You have to understand what happened here that put the human mindset in the psychological framework that it, that it is in. And again, that mindset is all about abandonment. That, that's the root issue. Because from abandonment issues with mother and father, you get, I'm not worthy. I have to find a, a, a surrogate mother or father figure. I don't have true deep self-respect or self-esteem. Therefore, I am not confident in my own decision-making because I didn't have that guidance there. And I don't want that responsibility that comes along with truly discerning and judging right from wrong for myself. So I want to give that responsibility over to somebody else. And I'm just going to stay willfully ignorant of true, the true difference between right and wrong morally. You know, that, and that's where we're at in society. This is where what society has become, folks. And this psychological framework didn't just happen all at once, one day. This was born due to circumstances. And, and this hypothesis, this theory, if you will, readily explains 
the fertile ground in which this psychological framework grew from. Cosmic abandonment. Our cosmic parents left this place, abandoned us here, put beings that were all about authority and control and domination in charge of us. And then we inherited that legacy. And again, I'm not stating they're not possibly not still around or monitoring the situation. People want to, you know, say, what makes you think they're not here? Cosmic abandonment isn't about them not being here. It's about the fact that they are not here openly. They left. The parents made us and left. Okay. They made something that was like a baby that they really didn't want except for specific purposes. It would be the equivalent, like I said, of somebody who was very, very destitute and believes in authority and wants to rely on the state, having a child only to get income money, welfare money from the state. But, you know, they did this for their purposes. They wanted workers for whatever their purposes were, for whatever their reasons, for mining whatever resources that they wanted to take from this planet. And that's what they used us for, or so many of the stories go, if you accept, you know, that part of the stories. So, you know, the, the whole point here is if we don't understand the conditions from which we came from in the ancient past, we're not really going to have an effective understanding of the psychological framework of humanity in the modern day. And that's what this entire presentation was designed to try to help people to grasp. So next week, what I will start to get into since I've, uh, for kind of the second time, gone into some of these researchers' work and finally, uh, you know, aggregated a little list of them and, you know, put some links out there. So people, again, can just click on the link. They don't even have to type the name or get the spelling right. It's all right there. And you can research in three different major areas of the web, Google, the major search engine, Yahoo, the major video, uh, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube, the major video website and Amazon, you know, a, a big outlet for books and DVDs. So uh, I'll leave this section there, and next week I'm going to be talking about some fictional allegories that have really presented in kind of a brilliant way uh, this ancient story. Whether it's conscious or deliberate or not, it really highlights a lot of the aspects of the uh, ancient story of our past through allegorical fiction. So that'll be coming up next week on What on Earth is Happening. Let's see if I can get a phone call in before the uh, break, uh, and then we'll continue with your calls throughout the uh, third hour of the show. Let's hear from Tyler in Utah. Tyler, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. What uh, do you have for so us tonight? My name, yeah, my name is Tyler Bloyer. Um, my question definitely par partially relates to what you're saying. Okay. Um, like on a personal level. Okay. But I do have a couple things really quick, if sure. you don't mind. Sure. Um, I'm at the point in podcast where I'm up to where we're moving forward together now I'm all the way caught up so I'm going to be listening live now that's great and uh, this is the first time I've been listening live I did meet you in Manchester I came out um, to the conference and we spoke briefly awesome. but the presentation was excellent oh, I appreciate that I really appreciate your time and all your efforts and uh, everyone that was involved including Richard Grove yes um, 
editing and Richard is going to be editing the presentation and putting a video out of it uh, in HD he said the video came out very well the audio came out very clear I got my slides over to him and he's going to be editing that yeah, and uh, I'm waiting yeah, it, it, it'll it'll probably look similar to the and natural law video. Right. He did a phenomenal job with that, and uh, that should be up probably. You know, I don't want to give a time frame. There is no rush for it, but it'll be up shortly, and uh, you know, people will be able to check out that seminar on demystifying the occult. Got an update from yes. him yesterday. Says he's working on it. So. Awesome. That's great. So uh, you know, I want to thank again the woman that mentioned to you that you've mentioned several times throughout your podcast mm -hmm. that. Um, kind of sparked you on this thing yes. with, uh, you know, releasing your information. Yes. And I, I think that, you know, she's a very important person in your life, and it just goes to show how important it is, you know, when somebody says something that That's they right. feel like they need to say to somebody, sometimes it does really plant a seed that matters. That's you know? right. And I would like to come back and ask my question. Absolutely. I'll hold you through the break. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into the third hour of the show for this evening, and we're taking your calls for the duration of the show. The toll-free number to join us, 800-313-9443. We were talking to Tyler in Utah. Tyler, are you still with us? Uh, you, you, were, you were basically saying um, that... It's so important to reach out to people because you never know how you're going to affect another person and what they may go on to do or who they may go on to affect or who they may go on to wake up. I mean, I think it's a great point. I mean, realizing that and then taking it in and, you know, acting on it, like you say, that really will show you that that's true. But, um, you know, um, your work on natural law has become what I would call a part of required information to look into. And I pass it on, and I talk about it all the time. And I understand the weight of how, how important that topic is and uh, in order to take back our freedom and um, to end the powers that should not yes. be. And I think, you know, that's a cornerstone of what you're doing. I really appreciate it. I, I absolutely concur. Whenever people ask me what I think is the, the most critical aspect of my work and the thing, if they pay attention or look into nothing else it is the natural law material that is the thing that people have to understand and integrate most deeply into their consciousness right yeah and we just need to keep you know keep pushing it out there and just stand in that because i mean that's really all that needs to be done in my opinion when you boil it down but anyways i'll move on to my question yes uh, so it does tie in a little bit, not necessarily on the on the on the macrocosmic level of of uh, you know whatever came and manipulated whatever. Um, that's still something I'm really kind of dealing with and processing. So sure. I'm there with you, but you know, so how does one approach you know figures in their life who may have contributed to abandonment issues? You know, 
like in, on an individual personal level, like family members, and they actually cause like harm within you and, and does want to approach individuals once they realize, you know, the weight of all this. And then, you know, especially if you're trying to maintain and repair and, and move forward, but yet, you know, there's this big, huge pink elephant in the room, you know, with these people. Right. And then, you know, are you and how are you dealing with this personally? Yeah, well, I could even just use myself as an example uh, to the, for this question. Uh, there isn't really a need to have to, um, uh, like, confront somebody up in their face like a parent about the issue of abandonment from whatever perspective. In other words... I was talking in the, the shows on that about my own and my siblings' own abandonment issues. I could get over those abandonment issues without having to work with the parent, okay? It's something that is going on in the individual. So the, the parent does not have to be remorseful or even understand that they performed such abandonment, uh, to their child or or what you might call neglect in a certain aspect of their life. Sure. So just me consciously recognizing that that happened is progress. And then what you're doing is you're working with the emotions and the shadow material that comes up from the understanding of having been on the receiving end of that condition. So it's it's internal work. It's not something that really you have to make confrontative with somebody else you know it's a form of being harmed but it isn't direct overt harm like somebody following orders it's you know them not just really deeply understanding the things that are really truly required for the upbringing raising nurturing of a child most people on this planet simply just are not good parents i mean it's just almost like take the higher road move forward without necessarily you know making the situation any worse right and then it's also about understanding the things that are required for true nurturing of a child and raising real true raising right. morally of a child move forward that's right then you can do that with if you're going to bring another new life into the world you know uh, you know at some points i think you know anybody even thinking about doing that you know how could they even think of it with how the world is now and the uncertainty but i understand people are still going to procreate at least they could do this at a conscious level and understand that they want their child to be in a better position than they themselves was were were attempted to be brought up in so that's my kind of take on it it's really about internal psychological work that the person who was on the receiving end of that traumatic, uh, you know, um, situation of abandonment, does upon themselves to transform that and then rebuild the personality in a stronger form, in a way that they're not dealing with these issues of self-esteem and that they have, you know, they're empowered and they're confident and they can let go of that, even if the person won't, you know, say that they are sorry about it or even acknowledge it. You can let it go. It, it, whether true forgiveness is involved in it as a two-way process, and the person wants to involve, you know, it, it work with a healing process with that, with that, those parental figures or not, at least you're letting go of that, and you're not staying attached to it, and you know it's not uh, holding you back in your future endeavors. That's really my take on uh, wh- what, the, yeah, the real healing process is about. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, that's just like reflecting back. 
you know exactly kind of where my thought process is going so you're just like repeating and and instilling that that's the case and really you can only affect yourself and then if those people want a relationship with you and they see you making those changes they might decide to look at certain things and if they don't and that's kind of that's kind of the door that i leave open with family members Again, people who have heard me talk on this topic know that I don't have a very positive opinion of my family in general. But nonetheless, if they wanted to come and wanted any of this information, I would never turn them down and I would try to help them to understand. It's just they're still in the state of being unbegun. They have not started. It doesn't look like many of them have any intention of ever starting. They're in full denial mode. They're in what can I do about this mode, even if it is true. And it's just uh, that fear will will, will completely block you and, and hold you back. And that's kind of like where, you know, everybody I grew up around is at. So I just don't really deal with much of that. And, you know, I'll still speak the truth unapologetically whenever I have the opportunity or I'm in their presence, but I don't really seek out those relationships. I don't sur- try to surround myself with any anybody like that. I surround myself with other conscious individuals sure. and try to build, you know, right. vertically on our knowledge. But uh, that isn't yeah. to say that, you know, uh, I'm not open to forgiving them or working with them if they wanted to uh, know and move forward in knowledge. I would embrace that with open arms and I would never hold their past, you know, unconsciousness against them. So that's where I think people need to, to leave that when it comes to unconscious family members. You know, that, that's kind of my, my take or approach to yeah, it. Mark, that's great. That's great. And then really quick, just like totally off topic. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard of the new living Kabbalah, a practical and experiential guide to understanding the tree of life by will Parfait, I think is how you say it, or Parfait. I believe I have heard of this book. Um, I'm not sure if I went through the entire thing, but I know I did see it. Uh, so um, tell me your impressions of it. You. Well, I'm still working through I've been working through it since an individual handed it to me like eight years ago. <laughs> and I pick it up every now and then. I really you know, try to work through it, but it's just really, you know, you know it's a steep curve. So, But I'm picking it back up, and so I was just wondering if you had an opinion on it, but... Anyway, I mean, it's interesting if you have a chance to look into it. Maybe if it's, you know... Give me the author's name one more time. Will Parfait. Can you uh, spell it? A-R-P-A-R-F-I-T-T. Okay, great. Tyler, thanks so much for your call. Really great uh, observations and things that you brought up. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll be right back. back everyone you're listening to what on earth is happening here on rbn i'm your host mark passio 
We're taking your calls in this hour, final hour of the show. The call-in number to join us, 800-313-9443. Let's go back to the phones and let's hear from Kevin in Philadelphia. Kevin, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, Mark. How you doing, dude? Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Great to hear from you. Uh, I, I, it's very amusing that your last... Um your last caller was who they were and said everything that they had said. I had a whole bunch of things I wanted to say, but this is almost kind of more important. I'm hoping the guy's still listening. Listening. I also have just recently caught up finally to the end of, uh, of all of your stuff. I think I have missed like maybe one or two in like the fifties or sixties, but I believe I've hit all about 95% of your show. And I have to admit that like he is a hundred percent right about that taking a chance on saying something to someone yes. you, you and I met uh, at like a screening of the Zeitgeist film at uh, germ bookstore in Philly, like all those years ago. And it was that moment and you later giving me uh, those DVDs of Michael Tessarian, uh, the oracles and origins series like that just blew me away. And I, I was like hooked. I was just like, much more information can you give me? And you seems like decades of- ago, doesn't it? It seems like an eternity. <laughs> uh, it was about seven years ago, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was about seven years ago. Wow. So I think it was like it was, it was exactly like what your what that was caller was talking about when it comes to like you saying something to the per- to a person at the right time in their life yep. when they need to hear it. That's right, and it. And and that actually happened to me with you. So like the reason why I've gone in the route that I've gone, you know, I've now like two podcasts I've done. One I'm kind of like setting aside because I feel like I've gone through is like is what I've gone through with it, and right. it's kind of over. And now kind of concentrating on this one. Thank you, Fat, as well for coming on the show. Oh sure, uh, too long ago for that. Um, that whole thing of uh, self-ownership and uh, property rights in, like, a resource-based economy is, is like, uh, is something that the Zeitgeist like, movement really needed to touch on because yes. it's really, like, they, they, they needed to have people understand that they don't uh, kill their stuff at all. It's really sure. about getting people who don't have access to things currently the access right. that they need. Exactly. We all know that money's a social construct. We could just, like, end the Federal Reserve or at least the IRS, the whole yards. Even if we had to keep money transitionally for a little bit, like, uh, with, like, an unconditional uh, income would be nice. I, like, as a, in a, a transition, like, there are so many things that we can do that we're not really doing. And, like, thank you for, for showing me that there are other people out there that think, things are really messed up sure <laughs> that was just you being there to just simply point that out and say like i'm with you man like i see that too see we're we're, we're, we're the discontents kevin we're we're, we're the pe- we're the discontents we're the people who are not content with the status quo with the way things are and we need more people like that the problem is comfort the problem is when so many people are just get into this comfort level that they can't see the injustice and they can't see the violence and they can't see the evil that's really going on in this world because from their perspective, well, they're comfortable. They're being left alone. They have a roof over their head. They have 
money in their bank account. They have the car. They have the tele, the widescreen TV, the flat panel TV. You know, they can afford a meal and have friends over for a football party or whatever. You know, so that comfort level is what's holding them back from in consciousness from their understanding of what this world really is. That comfort level is holding them back from their understanding of the difference between right and wrong and natural law. And like you said, and like the previous caller said, you never know who you're going to affect with your voice or what they'll be inspired to do. Like, you know, you've already done two podcasts. You've probably woken up a lot of other people. You know, it, 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 you never know who you're going to activate. You know, that's why you know, my, myself, me and Jay Parker were talking about this earlier, actually, and he was saying, you know, we continue to do what we're doing. Believe me, folks, I am a normal, mortal human being. I don't even feel like doing a show tonight. It's it's like I had to really, you know, use my willpower. Like, I, I, I worked on computers today. I was tired. I wanted to sit and lay down. And now, you know, after relaxing a little bit, I have to force myself to get up and go on the air for three hours. You know, it's like that takes, you know, dedication and willpower. And it's not like I, you know, I'm looking at it like, oh, this is the greatest thing. Let me get to it. It's like, here's more work coming. I have to focus now. I have to get real my mind in and focus and pay attention and then, you know, be ready to talk to people and receive calls while I'm doing it. Yeah, the energy is there. You know, I get into it, but it's like, you know, I don't really want to do this. I don't want the world to be this, folks. I don't want the world to be this way. I want to live my life in peace and freedom and not have the world be ruled by violence. Unfortunately, it is that way, so the only way to undo it is to speak to people and get them to understand basic principles about the difference between right and wrong. And the point that's being made here is we're going to power through this anyway, even if we don't feel like doing it, even if it's not something we want to do. We're going to continue on with willpower, persistence, and you know, as much patience as it takes to get the job done because without that, you know, we're not ever going to really affect change in consciousness, which is where it has to happen. You know, we could talk about, you know, physical revolutions. We could talk about physically trying to do something to change things. But unless it's changed in the mind, the same events and the same circumstances, the same basic outcomes are going to be presented to us. So what this is about is reaching out to people with the power of your voice. That's more important and more powerful than any other agent agency of change is speaking truth. And if you understand what's going on, you have a moral obligation and responsibility to speak it to others because, again, like the callers have been saying here tonight, folks, you don't know the person you're going to touch or reach and what they'll be inspired to go on and do in the future. Yeah, I really appreciate how much that you have inspired me. It's exactly that, too. I, I saw what you were doing, and then I um, I couldn't help but emulate my emancipator, for lack of a better terminology. <laughs> you I, emancipated yourself. See, you know, I could be I a, exactly. a, a slight assistant in that process through the information, but ultimately you wanted to break your chains. And look at what you've done. You've gotten active. You've gotten active and involved. You're on the playing field, and now you're influencing others, and that's what this is all about. Yeah, 
That's exactly it. Because like I, I it, it literally went from those moments where you like you helped hand me that information, and then I get home and I just sit there for twenty some odd hours and right. listen to it all. You know, I I was in a way lucky. I had like a newborn that was kind of like just hanging out with me the whole time. <laughs> you know, like it was very simple for me to just sit there and watch this stuff. You know, I, I see this happening more and more, and it's a very encouraging sign for me. Again, we're nowhere near where we need to be as a, a species, but there's more teachers starting to step up. There's more people that want to propagate this information to others. You know, free your mind groups cropping up all over the country. You know, people are getting on the battlefield. They're understanding what's going on and they're saying, well, it's time to take out the sword of truth and start going to work. You know, so that's an encouraging sign. And, you know, Kevin, I want to thank you for your courage and, uh, you know, for, for getting involved in the great work. So thanks so much, Kevin. Great call. Always encouraging to hear from somebody who's active. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run. Try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We're taking your calls in this final hour for tonight's broadcast. I want to thank Kevin from Philadelphia for his encouraging call uh, during the last segment. Let's move on and let's hear from Bubba in Colorado. Bubba, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Okay, good to hear from you. We're here. Me and my team members, we saw this video on the internet and it showed the astronauts this Apollo 8 mission and they were saying we're a couple hundred thousand miles from Earth and yet they were, they were showing the window, there's the yeah. Earth and then all of a sudden the screen fell off and they were in low Earth orbit. They were the, lying. The paper moon, yeah. I, I've seen that as well. And this is a total lie. Um, we're actually connected, me and my buddies, to the NASA's program. And we've been to Cape Canaveral and, of course, the Manned Space Center in Houston and also Cape Canaveral. And we were told in 1960, it was called the West Ranch, there was going to be a manned space program. But it was going to be phony we got a lot of information and that this stuff is never going to be revealed and I said huh and then you know we're, we're just this is over like 55 years ago going on right and and then they told us they said, look you're just going to be lied to about this and I'm going what the heck what are they doing now, I'm, not, I'm not, sh- not sure if you're familiar with any of Jay Widener's work. He's uh, done a series about uh, Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick's in- possible involvement in the moon landing, uh, you know, uh, uh, creation. You know, the the whole hmm. story that they told to people. Reg- That's an understatement. And, and he <laughs> think, you know, he kind of comes to the conclusion that there may have well been a real mission of the moon, but we're not 
were not uh, privy to the real data that set that they brought back or the real encounters that they may have undergone there, but uh, instead, you know, broadcast kind of like a sanitized version of this uh, to, you know, through a studio to the American public. And, uh, you know, the the movie um, Wag the Dog uh, is about uh, creating a war through the media, through, you know, uh, the uh, ability to affect consciousness through mass media. And uh, it's done by a guy called named Stanley, who's played by Dustin Hoffman. And uh, a lot of people suggest that was really about uh, kind of like a veiled allegory about the life of Stanley Kubrick. So uh, I think it's definitely uh, an interesting um, uh, topic to explore and look into. And uh, I kind of fall on the side that more likely than not, they definitely were holding back data, if not fabricating it outright. But uh, I think people should check out the works of Jay Widener when it comes to that. Uh, His Stanley Kubrick uh, uh, movie series is uh, very well put together and definitely worth checking out. So, Bub, I want to thank you for the call, and I'm going to take another call here from Zach in Chicago. Zach, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Doing well. It's good to finally get to talk to you. I've listened to uh, your stuff for a very long time now, and I got to tell you, going through all your stuff, I've gone through your whole series like three times now, and I still get new things from it. Oh my God, three times. I don't know if I could handle hearing myself (laughs) for that long. (laughs) uh, That's that's great, though. I'm I'm glad you find the information valuable enough to, to go back and revisit it. Oh yeah, I... uh I've been going through many different podcast series, such as Gnostic Media, School Sucks, Peace Revolution, and uh, Free Main Radio. Right. And I kind of feel like, just like with all the other callers tonight I've been talking about, it's funny, because everyone's on the same page. Like, it's so awesome. But uh, I realized that, you know, it is, like, our job to get this information out there, and I kind of realized that, like, my job in this is to kind of look at all these different sources of information and just basically like make a mind map of like all this material and say, hey, here's an amazing starting point. Here's a bunch of stuff. Go for it, you know? Sure. Like I said, it's uh, largely introductory material to get people started, to whet their appetite, get them researching on their own. I provide some resources to do that. Like I said, I just consider myself an aggregator of this information. This information has always been here and will always continue to be here. And uh, and on that topic, I realized part of the reason why, you know, it is slightly difficult to communicate these ideas to people um, comes really down to the words. As as you've said many times, you know, like the universe, the world is made of words, and if we know, you know, how to use the words, right. and we can make the world what we want sure. of it. Well, Terrence McKenna, I think, said that. Sure. But, yes. You know. um, and so when I'm I'm saying all this because I have a few questions that I think we can get through pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much just about defining a few words because. I think we agree on things, but uh, I just, just I feel like our the way we think of the word just makes it a little different for each of us. So if you don't mind, I'd like to just uh, give like a definition real quick, and then sure. just see what you have to say about it. Sure, go ahead. Alrighty. Um, well, all right. Before that, I, I want to give it. I want to let you know that I do believe that there is a uh, you know. There is a will of creation, you know, the generative, operative, and destructive forces um, of the universe, and that there is, like, something out there. And I say that as a caveat because the word I'm defining is atheist. Okay. And uh, from Merriam-Webster, 
um, the full definition says, one who believes that there is no deity. And, uh, and it, just the common, like, person definition is a person who does not believe that God exists. And God is like a very general, you know, word. And if I click on the word God, it goes to, you know, well, let's see what it goes to real quick. Sorry. God, the perfect and all-powerful spirit or being that is worshipped, especially by Christians. So, what I'm getting at is, if we go by, like, um, the definition that it gives, then an atheist, you know, simply doesn't believe, at least from, from my understanding, they don't believe in basically a big guy in the sky, you know? And so when you say, you know, the schism of the mind, one side is atheism, um, it's like, well, do you mean, like, there's no... There's nothing out there at all, or do you mean people's general definition of atheism, right. which is right. there's nothing at all? Okay, that's that's kind of what I thought. No, no I, I, I mean people who don't believe in any higher um, power in nature, which is essentially what deity is. I mean, if you look at the definition of deity, deity is basically a higher power in nature, you know, that uh, is like, uh, you know, a supreme power or force in nature. This is what I'm saying atheists don't accept. They think that, you know, our will is the highest will in creation and, you know, there's nothing out there beyond us that governs what we are doing, that we are the ones who have the right to basically control and govern things and they don't believe that the universe has boundary conditions in place for the way humans behave. That's what I'm I'm looking at as the definition of an atheist. That's my my way of seeing what atheism really is about. The traditional I don't accept your god or any of the religions gods, you know, it, it's a limited way of looking at atheism. I look at it as there's no higher power at all. I don't accept that there is any higher power that man is it. Okay. Well, that's exactly what I thought and uh if you'll bear with me, I, I just have two more words and sure. I think one of them is going to be even easier. Um Libertarian, the definition, an adherent of the doctrine of free will. So when you put libertarians in the same, right. you know, cabinet as minarchists and things like that, like that's the first time I stepped back and went, whoa, 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 I well, define li- our terms. I was li- like, I finally don't agree, but li- I think it's the political party is right. what you're referring Liber- to. Libertarian political party philosophy yeah. is minarchism. The true, yeah. you know, unadulterated or un influenced definition of libertarian literally just means somebody who believes in and follows liberty or the non-aggression principle or the principle of volunteerism you know which you know i certainly accept but uh, i'm talking about the political party libertarians when i talk about that okay. yeah and uh, and i have one more um thing that i i don't even have a definition for i just want to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. um, and then i'll let you go to the next caller but before sure. i say that i would like to once again, thank you for all the work you do, and uh, I can't wait to have my own work out there that you can look at and say, hey, this guy's doing it too. And That's what it's all about. I mean, that, yeah. that, that to me, when somebody sends me a link and says, here's what I'm doing or here's what I've put out there, that's what I'm encouraged by, you know. Uh, p- people can thank me or whatever, you know, that, that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm going to do this regardless of, you know, what, whatever gratitude or, you know, comes my way. But um, I appreciate that. But uh, what I like to see more than anything else is people actively getting involved. Yep. And, uh, and I'd also like to say I'm, I am also sorry, because um, I'm sure a lot of people are, that you have to teach people right and wrong. That is like, 
it's almost insulting that we have to teach people like the most basic things about self ownership. It? It it's, it's amazing. I, I like I said, I I sometimes lay awake and lay awake at night and almost laugh because it's like really Th- this task has fallen to me. You know, and and other people who understand, you know, not just me, obviously, but you know, it's just a ridiculous notion. It, it's I can't even fathom that this is where we're at in the world. Yep. And uh, so here's my last little thing. Sure. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to just say a green word, uh, green language word, and then my last thing. Sorry. Sure. Um, my friend said the word measure to me, and if you take that apart in green language, you could look at it as me as you are, as in. Am I, if I'm measuring you, I'm looking at, you know, me in relation to you, like the ratio of me to you. Interesting. Oh, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. Final segment for this evening's broadcast. We're taking your calls. Let's see if I could uh, fit in a few more callers in this segment. Let's hear from Mark in our... Oh, real quick, before I do go to the next call, uh, the previous caller, he had mentioned uh, the green language aspect of the word measure as uh, me as you are. I I think it's a great way of looking at at it because isn't that the true measure of a person? You know, the ability to see themselves as someone else, the ability to uh, equate uh, and uh, relate to each other, to see the, you know, the uh, basic essence of consciousness and the divine spark of creation within everyone, you know, uh, to understand the equality under natural law of all people, not that everyone is the same, but that we are all equal in our rights. Um, you know, I think it's a, a, a really nice green language way of, of looking at it. So, uh, uh, thanks for that. Uh, let's hear from Mark in Oregon. Mark, you're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome to the show. Did he, oh, did, I'm Ray. Oh, Ray. Um, I'm sorry. Ray in Oregon. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. All right. I'm sorry about the confusion there. Uh, no worries. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, I just, uh, your previous callers, I, I don't even know where to start. They, it, it is a stream of consciousness. They, 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 you call up with one thing you want to talk about, and they bring all these other good points to it. I mean, you can't help but be a little bit uh, just happy with the work you've done. I, I can tell because I've done your, your, you know, I've listened to most of your podcasts. I've read a whole lot of those books. I haven't finished. I'm not caught up because I stopped to, stopped to read the books, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. sure. uh, I, I also heard you're, you're a funny guy too. You know, people wouldn't, when they think of Mark Tassio, probably funny isn't one of the things that no. comes up. No, I Last wouldn't expect so, but I, I could tend to have a kind of a dry sense of humor sometimes. I like to think I make people laugh every now and again. I get it. I get it. But when you told last week, you said, uh, sell your clothes to buy a gun, man, that cracked me up. And then, uh, oh, I'm, I'm totally I, serious about that one though. <laughs> I know I yeah. am too, but it's still funny. Uh, what I called, uh, I mean, among uh, these, these million time, million things, uh, the Mutual Admiration Society, I want to thank you. Uh, <laughs> the first time I ever emailed you, I think I asked you for, you know, what were your 
your pivotal books, your important books. You just listed them. It's amazing. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I've read uh, some of them. Uh, but uh, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about is this this uh, George Guidestones. I know it's kind of yes. trivial, and it, uh, it it really doesn't matter in the greater scheme of things, but it's kind of caught my interest. They just mm-hmm. put the 2014 in there. I saw that, yes. And, Not really uh, sure where they're going with that or if they're trying to tell us something, but most certainly uh, occultists have erected this monument, and uh, clearly there's got to be some significance to them putting that stone in there. Yeah, and uh, if you look on, uh, there's there's guys that have apparently do gematria and have reduced the numbers and the angles and, and all the different things that you can, and they came up with 1024, mm-hmm. uh, 14. And does that number mean anything to you? Um. It does not right off the bat, but, you know, I, I guess we'll find out, uh, or, you know, next week sometime, right? Real quick here, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wondered also, I, the, the thought that came to me is the Stonehenge, where that's always been, you know, this mystical circle in Memphis to, you know, these things to these people or whatever. Uh, maybe the words just wore off of that, uh, and and what we've got left is is you know, whatever they think. I, I also read, I'm not sure if this is true, but that Stonehenge got knocked down once and they re-erected it. Yeah, the, all those stones were in t- total disarray. It was basically reconstructed, I believe, in the uh, mid-20th century or early part of the 20th century. I'm not exactly sure the date, but um, uh, they definitely reconstructed it as they thought the arrangement went. Uh, if you really look at a uh, a visualization of the completed Stonehenge. It was a full ring of those sarsen stones with lintels on top of them all. Uh, so the arrangement of Stonehenge certainly was not as uh, archaeologists and anthropologists found it originally. It was rebuilt. Uh, yeah, they're they're, they're well, pretty they're pretty uh, open about telling people that that's that was reconstructed back then. It's not really a secret. I mean, you know, we, we learned about that when I visited Stonehenge back in two thousand four. Well, uh, and so as far as these these Georgia Guidestones, definitely a cult, but not really. Uh, you, you haven't really put a lot of thought into it as far as uh, whether that means anything or or. or uh, obviously, whoever erected the monument, which uh, again he gave his name as R. C. Christian, which is Christian Rosencruz, the mythical founder of the Rosicrucians, clearly what I would consider a dark element of Rosicrucianism, the person who, uh, you know, uh, made this monument, which is essentially about world population control, a very dark worldview of humanity, certainly. Um, uh, I. I I think they must have some kind of a reason in their own mind for putting that uh, other cornerstone in there say, uh, with the date 2014. I can't tell you that I know what it is because I don't. But, um, you know, like I said, if there is any significance to that uh, date, uh, particularly in the month of October, uh, we'll find out very shortly, I would say. But, um you know, a lot of people have been speculating about the possibility of a major event taking place toward the end of this year. Uh, I guess time will tell, and, uh, you know, we'll either uh, be here to sort it out or not, but, you know, uh, uh, they certainly have these beliefs and uh, kind of uh, put this out in their symbolism on their on their monuments and, and through their, their uh, occulted writings and symbols. So, uh, again, I think we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Fair enough. Mark, thank you very much for everything you do, for who you are. Uh, you're, I, you said you're not a Superman. I have my doubts, man. I don't agree with everything that you say, but uh, for the work that you do, the, the things that you put out there, you're amazing. Uh, please c- 
continue. I know you will. I will That's continue. Still- but Ray, believe me, your 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 praise is way way beyond. Uh, if you really uh, you know knew me personally and and saw what I deal with, I'm just like you, man. It's just it's just we got to just stick together and, and and do this if we want to get this work done. That's all it's really about. I'm plotting through it, and uh, you know I, I have to refocus my will on a daily basis, and sometimes it's very difficult. But I really really appreciate your your encouraging words there. Thank you so much. Amen. And and we really don't have a choice, do we, Mark? No. That's that's right. If you understand the truth about what's going on, there isn't really a choice but to get involved and do it. You know, that's all there is to it. You know, it's, it's just get on the battlefield, folks. This is a spiritual war. We need to be fighting it. You know, the, now is not the time to rest on our laurels. It's just we need to press forward. Ray, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate the kind words. Love you, bro. You got it. Let's hear from Jonathan in Kentucky. Jonathan, you're live on what on earth is happening. Welcome. Hey, Mark, I just want to let you know, uh, confirm that I sent you an email. Jonathan, your phone is breaking up. Can you repeat? I apologize. I said uh, he sent you an email to confirm, and the uh, title should be Jonathan from Kentucky. Okay, I'll check it out. Okay, uh, the other thing is I want to give a real quick story. Uh, Sure. I did a uh, military simulator once, and you put on this headset, and you're in this virtual world and you're supposed to engage the terrorists, and while you're doing it, I was I was talking uh, back the whole time so all the guys could wake up, and I'd kill a dude and say, oh, another sacrifice to the New World Order. <laughs> they don't even know who, who they didn't ever know who did 9-11, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, like uh, another sacrifice for the Jesuits and New World Order all the way. Well, they did the score at the very end, and you know what my score was, Mark? What's that? Seven six six six, huh? I was going to say seven seven seven. What did the other guys that you were doing this with think of uh, your commentary? Some of them laughed. Some of them were quiet and listened, and they they were more shocked when they seen the score. And then it made them revamp and think everything I just said. <laughs> I was like, guys, if that don't tell you that ain't ain't a damn sign. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you. Synchronicity is an amazing thing. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah, oh, and the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, I just want to let you know, um, uh, uh, there's a cool v- YouTube video that resonates to me. I think you'd like, man. It gives you a lot of peace. It's the girl who dresses, dressed the universe. Okay. Look that up. Hammock Music is the title, but you'll like it, man. The girl who dressed the universe. Interesting. Yes. I'll check it yeah, out. I like the video. Yes. You uh, got it. Why- Jonathan, thank you so much for the call, man. You have a good one. All right, let's hear from Ivan in Arizona. Ivan, very end of the show, you take us out, my friend. Oh, well, um, man, you guys covered everything. And, yep, I got another email from another guy starting up through your mind, uh, Atlanta. Beautiful. They're cropping up everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. Ivan, thanks so much for what you do. I got you in there at the end of the show as a little tradition. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Remember, there's only two mistakes that you could ever make on the path to truth. Not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening. Good night, everyone.